evening, everyone, and welcome to Fired Up, the hottest sports show in Central Ohio, the show where four sports fans talk sports for the fans. Our topics for this evening are the Eagles are staying put, detailing Jalen Hurts' massive new deal. The next round of rookies take center stage tonight, predicting picks 7 through 10 in this year's NFL draft. Major League Baseball in Las Vegas? That's right, the Athletics are moving out of Oakland. Overtime, overtime, and more overtime. That's our buzzword during our NHL playoff talk segment. The Toronto Raptors fire their head coach. Where do the former NBA champs go from here? The 76ers take care of business in round one. Our NBA playoff talk continues on. With that, I give you our assistant chief of our fire brigade, Colton Cow. Thanks, Matt. We're here again on a, on a Thursday night. Going to be talking a lot of bunch of bunch of different topics all the all the major four sports we're hitting here with baseball hockey basketball a little bit of football as well so um <clears throat> like matt said gonna get started with uh jalen hurts big payday there mm-hmm. there in philadelphia um maybe rightfully rightfully deserved after the big you know the big season he had this this past year um and, and how well the eagles you know were oh so close to you know that elusive super bowl victory but Came up just a just a little bit short, Matt. What, what do you think about this deal? Um, good, good for both. Or what do you what do you think? Definitely good for Jalen Hurts. A five year, two hundred fifty five million dollar deal, twenty three point three million dollar signing bonus, one hundred seventy nine point four million guaranteed, and an annual salary of fifty one million dollars. Mm-hmm. All that after just three years in the league, throwing mm-hmm. for seven thousand nine hundred sixty yards and forty four touchdowns. 19 interceptions though, so that, mm-hmm. that's a little a little shaky there. Mm-hmm. Then uh, he's got 2,000 rush yards and 31 touchdowns on the ground. Right. You know, I, I, he he definitely earned a earned a big deal. You know, he took the team to the Super Bowl and all that, but he also had a really good team around him. It, mm-hmm. It's hard to say was it his success or was it the team's success? Right. And, and could some other quarterbacks have done similar? Mm-hmm. I, I'm not saying would have done as good or better but you know right. could, could they put up similar numbers in that system mm-hmm. you know i'll be interested to see what what the years to come bring and mm-hmm. you know you put all that money into one player and it becomes a lot more difficult to sign other guys right, so right. could could the future look a little bleaker because you got all that money tied up into one player right yeah i know i think it's uh you know just as difficult it is for a team to repeat as super bowl champs i think it's just as equally for the team that made it to the super bowl but then you know came up short for them to you know repeat that or even get another opportunity to get a shot at at winning you know winning at this time so i think yeah definitely the eagles uh lost quite a bit you know in in free agency and whatnot um but you know i i think they'll be they'll be somewhat the same the same team um you know I, i just think yeah this is quite an escalation for you know for Hertz obviously like you said only only three years in the league and really probably his first kind of full year as as the starter or kind of the leader for that team and you know had a phenomenal season I'm you know not going to discredit the guy's uh, you know stats and whatnot that he had this year Um, but to become you know one of the highest paid you know QBs in the league after a g- one great season. I mean, that that's a pretty big step in my, in my opinion. Yeah, um, these contracts are really just, they're starting to get out of hand. Mm-hmm. It's going to get to the point where, you know, you're not going to be able to keep your guys. There's right. teams just going to throw money at them. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. It's going to be a, you know, jumbled mess where, yeah, one guy, you know, a guy's in with the team for a year or two years, and then it's on to the next, you know, next team that can pay him the next, you know, biggest, you know, amount of money. So, it's uh, definitely going to cause some shuffling around, you know, around the NFL from from year to year. So I don't know if that makes it 
better or worse or more competitive or, you know, whatnot in the, in the league. But, uh, you know, one, one thing that is, you know, unique in Jalen Hurts contract is, is the no trade clause, which, mm -hmm. uh, ironically the first time in Eagles history that that's ever been put in anybody's contract. So, uh, you know, again, another, you know, elusive or, you know, illustrious thing to add, you know, into his contract that, no other eagle has ever gotten before. Um, yeah, it's a neat thing to add. Right, but quarterbacks and franchise quarterbacks mm -hmm. in the NFL typically don't get traded. Anyway. Right, right. I know recently there there was just mm -hmm. one, but mm -hmm. you, you don't typically see that anyway. I, right. I don't see that as that big of a deal. Right, right. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be interesting. Obviously, the the salary cap or the you know the big hit that the Eagles will, will take won't be until kind of later in the deal, anyways. Um, so kind of kind of looking at the salary cap so for 2023 he's only going to count against the books about six million dollars um and then 2024 it doubles to about 13 and a half million 2025 it's almost 22 million and then by 2026 it's almost 32 million so it's kind of a, a more of a back-ended deal right. i guess you know so you know they're they're obviously not putting all their eggs in one basket right away they, they still think that he you know Maybe has a little bit to prove, not giving him, you know, money. Obviously, that he got almost $180 million straight up guaranteed. Right. But, yeah, like cut him or not. Right, matter. right. Um, but the kind of base salary or, you know, the, the, the other numbers that aren't considered, you know, guaranteed, he's going to have to, you know, wait a little while or, you know, prove that he can really be, you know, uh, continue to build on that success he had last year uh, to, to the Eagles before kind of the, the major payday really, really sets in. Uh, from a base salary standpoint, but, uh, you know, I, I guess, you know, for Hertz, uh, this is, you know, his kind of road to the NFL, you know, was, was not, you know, one of, of an easy one. Um, you know, obviously everybody remembers started out as a, you know, a freshman quarterback at Alabama, um, you know, was the first freshman to ever start under Nick Saban. Um, but then, you know, years down the road, gets benched in the national championship game. Obviously the, the story of Tua, you know, Tua Tagaloa, you know, takes over. He, he basically wins the national championship for Alabama. Uh, Jalen Hurts loses the starting job the next year and then transfers out of the program to Oklahoma where he had a, a phenomenal season, you know, one season. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> with, with Oklahoma and, uh, you know, was, was a, was a standout there. And then obviously, was a second round pick to to the Eagles. Again, people, the jury was kind of out when he got drafted. Was he going to be able to, you know, be the prototypical quarterback in the NFL? Um, just because he does play that style of, you know, running running gun a little bit. Right. Um, but you know, eventually the Eagles let him take over the reins in his in his rookie year after Carson Wentz. You know, kind of the longtime Eagles franchise QB just, you know, was struggling with injuries, just not putting up the same production that they you know, had gotten when he, when he first entered the league, you know, got, got Hurt's feet wet a little bit. And, you know, then in 2021, he, he earned the full-time, you know, starter job. That, 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 what you're talking about right there kind of makes you wonder, you'd think the Eagles would have been a little more gun shy about giving a deal mm -hmm. to a guy after three years because mm -hmm, mm. kind of happened with them Same with Carson with Wentz. Wentz. Yeah, you know, absolutely. He, he took him to a Super Bowl and they, right. they signed him to a nice deal after that. Mm-hmm. They just fell apart. Yeah, you know? yeah, I, absolutely. I think I would have been a little gun shy here to kind of do the yeah, same thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, yeah, they got history, you know, is on their side as far as, you know, <laughs> trying not to repeat it, I right. guess. But they, they felt the need, you know, Hertz has been uh, as a starter. He's 23 and 11, uh, you know, not not a ton of games, but 
that includes, you know, going 14 and one as the starter. He did miss two games last year uh, due to a shoulder shoulder injury. Um, but, you know, 14 and one as the starter last season, that's, you know, pretty, pretty darn good. Um, but yeah, we'll see, see how it plays out. Yeah. Again, I, I think I have to, you know, agree with you, Matt, in the sense that the Eagles did the right thing at the same time by bringing in uh, AJ Brown. I think that right. it, all of that stuff, all the pieces just aligned and everything happened in the, in the right way. Um, you know, I think that was by far, if you can look at an off season move last year, that was probably the best one, you know, out of any of the teams last year. Um, you know, obviously the Eagles would have wanted to come away with a Super Bowl victory as a result of it, but you know, obviously AJ Brown's on the on the team for you know several more years, so the opportunity is still there. Uh, but I think that was a key. You know, I, I think Jalen Hurts maybe has to thank the Eagles organization and AJ Brown for coming in, you know, and things like that because. I don't know that this we'd be talking about the same thing if they hadn't have brought right. AJ Brown into the mix. So yeah, just a lot of things came together all at once, kind of aligned. It allowed Jalen Hurts to have a phenomenal season. AJ Brown had a phenomenal season. The Eagles, as an organization, had a phenomenal season. Um, and and it you know all the, you know most of the time the people that get the glory it's always the QB always you know it, it, it you know everybody else kind of falls behind no matter. But again, that comes with the scrutiny. The QB is always the first one to get scrutinized as well. So, you know, it, it's it's uh, you know a tough tough position to be in in the NFL. But I think, yeah, at the end of the day, you know, Hertz got you know got got a deal, got maybe what what he should have. Um, you know, maybe 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 a little earlier than you know what I expected. You know, as far as uh, early on in his career, but uh, you know, the Eagles felt felt differently, wanted to lock this guy down, get him under wraps. Um, that way they, you know, didn't have any of those off season yeah. talks and get that get that out of the way so they can get back to business and hopefully try to get back to that Super Bowl and, and take one home. Yeah, just think of the type of deal Joe Burrow is gonna be getting here oh, soon. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. It's gonna be whew, I can't even imagine what, yeah. what the guy, you know, staying in hopefully staying in Cincinnati. Right. Um, you know, what what he'll what he'll get when he's available you know, on the market. So all right. Well, moving over to a little bit more NFL news. The NFL draft is here, people. Um, going to be happening here in about 30, 45 minutes here. They're, they're going to be calling the big names across the stage, and, you know, they're they're anxiously waiting to hear where they're, where they're going, where they're going to be playing, you know, football for the, for the next couple of years here in the, in the league. Um, so we're going to kind of wrap up our kind of NFL draft segment that we've been talking about the last couple of weeks, uh, kind of giving our predictions on uh, picks seven through ten, uh, where, where, you know, who we think's going where and, you know why, and um, we'll get things kicked off. The number seven pick with the Las Vegas Raiders picking up towards the towards the top here. Uh, finished six and eleven last year. Um, I got got some needs, uh, kind of some offensive linemen, a tight end, defensive lineman, um, and a, and a cornerback kind of listed as as you know some needs for for the Raiders. So I think that they go out and they address that. Uh, that that defensive side of the ball, uh, especially the pass defense, uh, I think they get the guy out of out of Oregon, Christian Gonzalez, the cornerback out of out of Oregon, a six foot one, one hundred ninety seven pound corner. Uh, the guy ran a four three eight forty at the at the at the combine and had a forty one and a half inch vertical. So the guy's athletic, um, got the kind of prototypical size for for an NFL corner, um, and and this is a big need I think for for the Raiders uh, their defense ranked uh 32nd in opponent passer rating last year um and and 
actually had the fewest number of interceptions as well in, in the league. So I think the Raiders have to uh, address defense um, on, on, you know, on that side of the ball. I, I think they get the guy out of, out of Oregon and Christian Gonzalez. Yeah. I had a lot of the same needs as you. I've had a cornerback guard and, you know, they're going to need a quarterback too. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I guess this could be a slot if CJ Stroud keeps falling, like everybody says he's going mm-hmm. to, I mean, this, this could be a landing spot for mm-hmm. him, but you know, looking at our mocks, we, we both have him already gone in our right. mocks, so I, I won't go there. And I, I'm with you 100% on this one. Christian Gonzalez, cornerback out of Oregon, is, right. is who I have picked in the slot as well. Okay, awesome. Well, then moving to the number eight pick, the Dirty Birds from Atlanta. The Atlanta Falcons picking number eight, uh, finished seven and ten, and, uh, you know, just missed the playoffs, actually, because of their, you know, horrible division that they had last year. So, um, you know, <clears throat> miss out on the playoffs and – have a halfway decent record and get the pick in the top 10 pretty pretty good combo for a Falcons team that you know needs needs a little bit of help here um I only got a couple couple of needs right now um you know I got got wide receiver and I got an edge rusher listed as kind of their team needs uh for me uh so I think they address kind of that that uh you know edge rusher or kind of the pass rush I think they get the get the kid out of Iowa I got Lucas Van Ness uh six foot five 272 pound uh defensive end um for me, this team last year, they only generated uh, about on uh, about 13.7 or, you know, about 14% of opponent dropbacks. They only got pressure on the quarterback in about over two and a half seconds. So okay. it it was not a lot of time, you know, they, they were not getting a lot of pressure up front, getting, you know, they, they what they say is about two and a half seconds, about the average time a quarterback holds on to the ball. Mm-hmm. If you're not getting pressure in kind of the first two and a half seconds, you might as well forget it. Um, so the Falcons were dead last in that category as far as getting a pass, pass rush in those first two and a half seconds. I think they addressed that situation. They get they get the guy out of, out of Iowa who's, you know, Iowa's offense putrid. Iowa's defense, on the other hand, has been phenomenal the last couple of seasons. So I think they're getting a – Getting a good one there out of Iowa. We'll we'll see what they what they decide to do. Matt, what do you think? Well, you know, I had a lot of the same needs as well. I had an edge, a cornerback, safety, or wide receiver. Mm-hmm. You know, but I, I think they pass up on all that and, mm-hmm. and go after a spot that's not a huge need for them, but okay. too too good to pass up here. I think they go after Bijan Robinson, the running okay. back out of Texas. The guy can do it all. He mm-hmm. runs well. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. All right. You know, just a dynamic playmaker there that could really help this team and mm-hmm. their young quarterback and, right. and, and Riddler there. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that, that could be, be be a deadly combination there. Yeah, absolutely. All right, then uh, moving over to the number nine pick, the Chicago Bears who moved back in the draft. Um, as we mentioned, you know, traded the Carolina Panthers, the number one pick, and, you know, took their – Took the Panthers' spot at number nine. Um, so you know, obviously the Bears finished three and fourteen, had the worst record in in the NFL last year, but decided to trade away that number one pick to stockpile some more some more picks and players and whatnot. Uh, for me, the Bears, I got I got center, I got you know kind of a defensive tackle or nose tackle and um, an edge rusher for them. Um, for me, I think they address that offensive line, maybe not a center, uh, but an offensive tackle. Uh, but as I, I just think along that offensive line, they, they have a lot of issues, uh, along the offensive line. And if they really are putting their faith in Justin Fields to be their QB of the future, they need to get him some pass protection help. The guy was running for his life last year. Um, so I think they address the offensive line. They get a guy out of Georgia, uh, by the name of Broderick Jones, uh, the offensive tackle there. 
six foot five, 311 pounds. Now you would say, wow, that, that's a big boy. Well, he's even more athletic than what you think. The guy ran a, a sub 540, which was the fastest among all offensive linemen at 311 pounds. So big, big guy, but can get moving and get moving quick. Um, and, you know, if, if you look at the starting left tackle for the Bears, uh, you know, last year, uh, you know, gave up almost, you know, a 7% pressure rate uh, when he was lined up at left tackle last year, which was almost dead last among um, among left tackles that played over 200 snaps. So, yeah, you know, I think definitely always that blind side, that's always, you know, where you want to want to want to protect your QB. I think that they address that and get get the guy out of Georgia. Yeah, yeah. Again, similar uh, needs here. I got offensive line, defensive line, running back. And uh, I also think they go with an offensive tackle, but mm-hmm. I'm, I'm taking a different one okay. here. I, I think they get somebody that Fields is very familiar mm-hmm. with, mm-hmm. and they take uh, his ex-teammate there, an offensive tackle, Paris Johnson Jr. out of yep. Ohio State. Yeah. I mean, the guy was phenomenal mm-hmm. in his season last year. Mm-hmm. He, I think he gave up no sacks, or it might have been one sack, mm-hmm. and only a couple of quarterback pressures all season long. Right. And, you know, uh, C.J. Stroud – He's a great passer, but he's also not known really for his mobility. Right, and right. So to, to keep him out of pressure all season mm-hmm. long, that, that's a pretty, pretty impressive thing he did there. I, I think he'd be a nice fit in Chicago. And, and just having that good familiarity of fields, yep. I think, would be a, a big big help there. Yeah, absolutely. I, I kind of had Broderick here, you know, the, the guy out of Georgia and, and, you know, Paris Johnson. I kind of had a, my 1A, yeah, 1, 1B, 1B yeah. kind of thing. I kind of went back and forth uh, with it and, you know, had a tough time. But, yeah, that – that familiarity may be, you know, a big factor that, that comes into it. So we'll, we'll see what the, what the bears from Chicago decide to do. Well, then uh, kind of our last pick we're going to do in the top 10 here. That's uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, ironically, you know, uh, lose the Super Bowl and get the pick in the top 10. You can't, can't beat that. Right. Uh, you know, that, that pick comes from a trade that they had. Uh, I think it was la- in last year's draft with the new Orleans saints. Um, the saints used that, you know, used the Eagles pick to move up, to uh, draft their wide receiver in Chris Olave last year. So, uh, you know, the, the Eagles get to, you know, kind of get the, get the fruits of their nature here and then uh, get it, get a top 10 pick. So, you know, they finished obviously 14 and three last year, just shy of winning the Super Bowl. Um, I got, got some things written down here. Um, wide receiver, offensive guard, um, a defensive lineman, an edge rusher or, or a safety. And I think they address that defensive line. Uh, for me, uh, I think they get the another another kid out of Georgia. Kind of maybe falls a little bit further in the draft than what most people people thought, but still picked in the top ten. I think it's the guy out of Georgia, the defensive tackle Jalen Carter. I think falls here, finally finds his home with the Philadelphia Eagles. Six foot three, three hundred fourteen pound defensive tackle. Uh, the, you know, as great as that Eagles defense or you know pass defense was last year, the run defense was was kind of an eyesore for them. Um, they allowed 10 or more rushing yards on almost 15% of, you know, their opponents carries last year, which was good for, you know, kind of bottom, bottom quarter of the, of the league. So I think that they get a, a, a big guy to kind of run stuff there pass you know, uh, fill some, fill some gaps there. I think the, the athletic guy, big guy out of, out of Georgia and Jalen Carter goes, goes to the Eagles. Yeah, no, not a pick at all there. You know, looking at what I was looking at, their needs, not a lot here. It's mm-hmm. mostly either just picks for depth, if you're asking right, me, right, on, on right. this Eagles roster. So, you know, they could really go any direction. Mm-hmm. Have kind of cornerback and defensive line is 
a little more pressing needs though, because right. cornerback they're getting older out mm-hmm. there, so you know something for the future. Right. And then defensive line, so you know I like that uh, defensive line pick and uh, Van Ness out of Iowa. Okay, okay. I, I think that would be be a good fit here. Mm-hmm. Dynamic pass rusher, right. get right. after the quarterback. Yeah, yeah. No, they they had you know phenomenal pass rush last year. I mean, I think they ranked uh, first in in sacks and you know pressure and all that stuff. They were they were towards the top, but you can never have too many pass rushers right. so you know always looking for the next the next guy to be able to get after the quarterback so definitely that's a you know a good pick and you know like I said Iowa's had a phenomenal defense the last couple couple of seasons so I think that they're getting getting a guy that's you know gonna gonna bring something to the table and, and you know give him some effort there so all right well we'll see we'll see what happens like I said we're only you know a, a mere you know 20 25 minutes away from them you know being you know on that center stage in Kansas City and uh, kind of walking their version of the red carpet and, and you know, hearing their name called. So, uh, uh, you know, after all the reports and everything I've heard, I, I have no clue. I, I think I think our guess is as good <laughs> as anybody's because yeah. it's, it's, yeah, a mess of who's going where, who's picking where, who's trading this or who's doing that. So they love Stroud. They hate right, Stroud. Right. It's, <laughs> it's, it's going to be all over the place yeah. uh, at this point. Um, you know, I even heard a, a, a rumor today that the Panthers – are very interested in in QB Anthony Richardson as the potential number one pick. So who knows? I I don't know. I mean, uh, it, they always you know throw out some some stuff that just makes you you know scratch your head and just I think try to keep some of the other teams on their toes as right. far as what they're going to do. They don't want the other teams to know exactly what their draft strategy is going to be. So I think that they do put put out some feelers there just mm-hmm. to kind of throw people off or whatever. But yeah, it, this year it seems like it's more craziness or, you know, not really solidified like like we're used to seeing kind of in years past. I'd say the, the only shock we'll have at the first pick is which quarterback. It's going right. to be a quarterback. Right, right. Yeah, it's going to be, yeah, a matter of who who is yeah. it, you know, I think is probably going to be the biggest surprise. But, you know, then after that, I think it, yeah, it could just yeah. get, me- it could get messy after yeah. that. So, all right, well, moving over to a uh, little baseball talk, you know, the regular season's under underway, but, uh, you know, kind of a big, big move here um, out of the Oakland Athletics camp. That's right. Baseball, Major League Baseball headed to headed to Las Vegas. Uh, the Athletics, you know, recently agreed to to an agreement with with the city of Las Vegas to uh, move their operations to just, you know, on the on the Las Vegas trip is where they're planning on building, you know, building this new stadium. So, uh, you know, in a, in a handful of years, it you know, won't be the Oakland Athletics. It may not be the Athletics at all. They may change their name completely. It may be Las Vegas something else. But you know, at some point, we're going to have a Major League Baseball team in in uh, you know in Las Vegas. And uh, Matt, what do, what do you think about this move? Uh, you know, any any details you can give? I can tell you that the city of Oakland has got to be hating Las Vegas. Right. They take their Raiders. Now right. they take their A's. Right. Right. There's not going to be much left out right. there. But. Yeah. You know, uh, so the the A's hope is to be moved by uh, 2027. They're hoping to build a 30 to 35,000 seat, seat stadium. Mm-hmm. It's only the second franchise in 50 years to to up and move. So we've mm-hmm. had some expansion, new new franchises come in, but right, really right. nobody's nobody's Moving. moved. Yeah. So yeah. kind kind of unprecedented times here for baseball. We'll, right, we'll right. see how it goes. Uh, they've been in Oakland since 1968, so right, you know, right. a long, strong history mm-hmm. there. After they after they moved from Kansas City, they mm-hmm. used to be in Kansas City and then moved to Oakland, and then yeah, have been in Oakland since right. 1968. So I mean, it's it, it's interesting. I mm-hmm. mean, 
you know, you had the, the Moneyball era, the Billy Bean, right, and all right. that stuff, and just a lot of a lot of rich history yeah, there for the for the Oakland, you know, Oakland A's. But yeah, and they always seem to have success. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. I just I don't know that Oakland ever invested in them. I don't know if that yeah. was the owner or yeah. if that was the city or, mm-hmm. or or what. Yeah, I think it was. I think it was more more of the city because I mean, Oakland had been trying to get kind of a new stadium built in Oakland or you know at least in the California area here as of recent. But it just you know. They couldn't come to an agreement, couldn't work out anything. There was probably some backhanded, you know, politics going on right. in, the, in the background that, you know, nobody knows about. But, um, you know, not only did they move to Oakland in 1968, they've been playing in that same stadium since 1968. Wow. They have not had a new stadium since 1968. Um, so... I think that was a big thing. Obviously, I think the athletics were trying to get a new stadium, work something out with the city of Oakland could never really come to any kind of agreement with that. Uh, from what I was reading, you know, the Oak, Oak, you know, before they made the move to Las Vegas, they had even tried Fremont, you know, in California, they tried San Jose in right. California. Uh, they even, you know, made the proposal to stay in Oakland and, and build one close to the, close to the waterfront in, mm-hmm. in Oakland, but just never were able to really come to come to an agreement with any of those, those locations or cities. Um, and, you know, as a result, they, you know, went outside the state and found, you know, Las Vegas, who's become slowly become more and more of a sports hub. You know, they've got, you know, a professional women's basketball team. They now have, you know, will have a professional baseball team, professional hockey. They got, you know, obviously professional NFL team. I mean, they're going to be hosting a Super Bowl here pretty soon. They're going to be hosting a final four here pretty soon. So it's like, it's slowly becoming, yeah. I mean, it's always somewhat been, a sports hub just because of the sports betting and the sports books and things like that, you know, in Vegas, but now it's becoming more popular with fans and things like that to actually attend games and, and whatnot that, yeah, it's slowly over the last several years has really become, you know, a major, major sports hub, like, like a New York city or, you know, uh, a Dallas or, you know, any of the Texas, right. Texas cities. And, and, you know, this may not be a, a terrible thing for California though, because mm-hmm. there's, there's already, it's so saturated mm-hmm. for sports teams right. in, in the state of Cal- California. Right. So, you know, I mean, in baseball, you got what the, the Dodgers, the Padres, the Giants, the Giants. right. I mean, right. Yeah. You know, the you list got that goes many on. options. Right. It's hard to support one franchise. So that <laughs> right. this might even make it better for the, the ones that are sticking around mm-hmm. and, and it, it kind of be good for everybody. Right. Yeah. No. And it's, uh, it'll be even better for their, uh, triple a affiliate team who already has been in Las Vegas since oh. 1983. Wow. Um, so, and they are, you know, the affiliate with the athletics. So they will be, you know, just down the, just down the strip, if you will. Um, so that'll be, that'll be, uh, you know, pretty nice for, you know, probably for both clubs to have, you know, their affiliate team, same yeah. city, just down the, just down the road there to, you know, move guys up, move guys down, you know, kind of things like that probably make for a better, better situation when it comes to, you know, comes to that. So we'll see, uh, you know, see what, what happens, but yeah, they've, they've come to an agreement They're They're moving to Las Vegas. So we will have major league baseball in Las Vegas here in the next, you know, short amount of years. Um, so, it, and it, but it will be interesting. You know, you mentioned the stadium won't be open or be ready until about, you know, 2027. Mm-hmm. Well, their lease expires with the, their current stadium expires with the city of Oakland in 20 after the 2024 season. So there's going to be yeah, what are they gonna do a gap, you know, going to be a gap in there, you know, and I don't, I don't know. Yeah. What they'll, what they'll plan to do. It might be, might be playing games at their triple a triple a minor league stadium. Right. Yes. So we'll, we'll see, we'll see what happens, but yeah, o- Oakland A's moving out of Oakland headed, headed to Las Vegas. So, 
All right. Well, we're going to take a uh, quick commercial break. Uh, Stick with us. We're going to get into a little bit of NHL and NBA talk. So stick around. This podcast is sponsored by Podbean. Podbean is the easiest way to create your own podcast. We use Podbean to host Fired Up. Download the free Podbean podcast app to start, record, and publish your very own podcast in minutes. Podbean provides everything you need to run your podcast, and you can record and publish episodes directly from the app on your phone. Download the free Podbean app today. That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N. Head on over to Podbean at www.podbean.com and use the code PODCAST21 for your first 30 days of podcast hosting for free. Check it out. All right, and we're back. Thanks for sticking with us. Like I mentioned before the break, going to talk a little bit of hockey news. Obviously, the playoffs, first round still going, and man, what a first round we got here in the, in the NHL playoffs. No no team has advanced yet. Nobody's made, you know, made the move. Uh, you know, teams that looked oh so close to making it, you know, the teams that were, you know, fighting for their playoff lives, you know, found found a way to to keep keep themselves going and, and win a game to keep their playoff hopes alive. So we'll just uh, you know, kind of quickly run through the through the different series here and we'll we'll get it started over in the east. And uh, you know, the Boston Bruins, obviously we've talked about number one team, best team in hockey, you know, setting all kinds of records in the regular season. Uh, you know, looked like they had had the series in hand. Uh, you know, we're up three games to one, but the Panthers had a you know a different story. They they got a win in overtime last night in Game Five, kept their hopes alive. Uh, so Bruins still lead the series three to two, but now going back to you know going back to Florida uh, for for Game Six, uh, which is which is tomorrow night, um, seven thirty p.m. Eastern time. So see if the Bruins can can close it out, or if we you know get a game Game Seven back in Boston. I don't think the series that Boston was expecting or, you know, hoping mm-hmm. for in this first one, I, I think they were trying to get out of this one, get out of it quick, but you know, Panthers are, are, are hanging in there, Matt. Mm-hmm. What, what do you think? Yeah. You know, but like you said, Boston leads the series three games to two and Boston's averaging four goals a game, mm-hmm. and, but you know, Florida's averaging almost three goals per game in this right. series. So that both teams are playing really well. Yeah. I feel like Boston's played more consistent throughout mm-hmm. this series, though, yeah. and I, I think ultimately they're going to be able to take it. Mm-hmm. You know, they they they're really kind of mirroring their their NBA counterpart in mm-hmm. their series. Right, right. They, they, they kind of dominate just the games. Yeah, they they, they feel like they, they should be winning. Yeah, and then they just kind of put it on cruise control mm-hmm. and, and find a way to lose. Right, so you know, right. it, it, it's interesting how that those two are mirroring each other. But I think Boston's still fine in this series. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I think the big key in this one or something to look at here is that the Bruins have oddly been banged up in this in this series. They uh, you know have have both of their captains have been in and out of the lineup. Mm-hmm. Um, they their goalie also uh, was listed as a game time decision game time decision in games two three and four so their their starting goalie's been you know kind of banged up or you know questionable possibly dealing with an injury their two starting centers have been kind of in and out of the lineup here so the fact that the Bruins are still in control in this series right. and they've dealt with you know some of this adversity to start the season or, you know start this series off leads me to believe that this Bruins team is still still okay mm-hmm. still still fine still going to find a way to, to get it done um but you know kudos to to the Panthers for for sticking it out i mean yeah you look at the Bruins wins they won 3 to 1 they won 4 to 2 they won 6 to 2 i mean there's a lot of dominating victories there i mean i think most teams probably would you know pack it in and say yep, 
they, yeah. they were, we're going we're, home. We're but, clearly but, overmatched. Right, but the but the Panthers have, have stayed in there and, you know, fought their way and, and, and fought and clawed their way into this and, you know, going to give themselves a chance. We'll see what they can do, obviously, on their own home ice in game six, but uh, going to need a little bit, of, little bit of help there, I think, because the Bruins, I think, on paper – you know, have so far in this series have been, you know, the better of the, of the two teams, but, you know, again, get the game seven and it's anybody's game at that point. So, all right, moving over to the, um, another, uh, Eastern, you know, Eastern conference here, we got the, uh, number one metropolitan, uh, division, the Carolina hurricanes, uh, going up against the number uh, one seeded wild card, the New York Islanders, um, hurricanes also lead three to two in this one. Uh, we're up three to one and, Again, the Islanders stayed alive last night. Got got a win in game game five uh, by a score of three to three to two. Uh, Matt, what's your what's your thoughts on this series? You know, as, as close as this looks, you know, three games to two. It, Carolina's really kind of dominated in most of the series. They, the reason uh, they look close on paper is because of the one lone five one win by the Islanders. Right, but right. Other than that, Carolina's really been the more consistent team. Mm-hmm. I, I think ultimately they'll be fine here as well, but. Mm-hmm. You know, kudos to New York for for playing well, and mm-hmm. you know, you, you get three games of three, and anything can happen. Right. So yeah, you know, exactly, they'll be fighting for their lives here in this in the next game they play. But right. I, I think Carolina's fine. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, Game Six going to be at you know in New York uh, for that one before they would you know if, if it would go to Game Seven, obviously go back to Carolina for Game Game Seven. But uh, for me, I think a big you know a big key is. You know, if the Islanders want to continue to win or you know pull off an upset here, they got to do better on the on the power play. Um, you know, so far through this series, they're only converting about uh, probably less than ten percent on the power play, which is somewhat in line with you know how they played in the regular season. But you know, a significant percentage points below, they they converted on about sixteen percent of their power play opportunities in the regular season. So, kind of kind of almost you know. 50% less than what right. they're, what they're doing in the, in the, you know, uh, in the postseason, And, you know, those, those usually are kind of the difference makers in a lot of games is those power play opportunities. So I, I think for the Islanders to have a, have a good shot at pulling off an upset and, you know, moving on in this playoffs, they, they got to find a way to get, get scoring opportunities when they got the, got the man advantage, mm-hmm. but that, that Carolina hurricanes, that defense of theirs is, is super tough. So it, it's easier said said right. than done, I think. So, Absolutely. all right, moving over to a series which we have on the TV right now. Yes, That's do. the uh, two seated Atlantic Toronto Maple Leafs uh, going up against the three seated Atlantic team in the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, Maple Leafs up three to one in this series and uh, currently tied one to one in game in game five. Uh, wow, uh, an offensive series. Wow, yeah. Um, you know. It, my initial thoughts, you know, after game one, you know, the Lightning won seven to three. I was thinking, man, the Maple Leafs are, yeah. this is it. It, it, it. Back to what we're <laughs> yep. used to seeing. They can't get out of the first round. You know, they play so well in the first, in the regular season, and there's no way this team comes yeah. back from that. I, I didn't even expect that from the light. I didn't expect them to score seven goals in the first game either, but I was like, yep. This is decimating the Maple Leafs. <laughs> and what do you know? Game two, Maple Leafs come out with their own offensive right. fire firepower and win seven to two. Uh, so wow, what a what a couple of games we got in game 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 one and game two. Uh, but then things tightened up a little bit, you yeah. know, in game game three, more more scoring, you know, still more right. scoring, but one one goal game. Yeah, one goal games both in both in over overtime, you know, went to overtime. And, you know, I think for me that's that's the key in this one. Game three and four have been huge for the Maple Leafs because mm-hmm. I think 
the teams of the past or the teams that, you know, we've saw in these first rounds yeah, in those folded. close games, it would have been them on the losing side yeah. every time. It would have been them losing a one-score game in overtime, but they found a way to win, claw their way back, find a way to get to overtime, and then, you know, were able to win it, win it in overtime. And I think that's key for their mental, you know, mental stability, their, their kind of psyche or whatnot. Um, you know, and, and we'll see what happens. Obviously tied one, one in game five, but, uh, I think the Maple Leafs, you know, get it, get it done here. They're on their own, you know, own home ice here in, in yeah. game five. Uh, I think, I think the Maple Leafs close out the lightning who've been, you know, oh, so, you know, a, a staple in these playoffs in the Stanley cup the last several years, but I think it just, yeah. Finally, the Maple Leafs time to, to get it done. Yeah, I'm with you 100. percent I think they they finally got those jitters, the hibbity jibbities, whatever right. you want to call it. Right. They got it all out of them. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, and they, I think they're finally going to live up to their success and, and be able to take this series. But man, if 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 you love offensive hockey, which <laughs> cool. you usually don't get, right? This has been a great series. Oh yeah, these guys. Like I said, uh, Toronto's averaging almost five goals a game, mm-hmm. and Tampa Bay's averaging four. Mm-hmm. It's just been an exciting series, back right. and forth. And yeah, you know, like I said, Tampa Bay still got a shot in this thing. With Never the count them out. Been playing, sure. but they've got their work cut out for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I think uh, you know we we talked about it. This Lightning team, just you know, I think the offense has always somewhat been there for for the Lightning, but they've been more dominant on the defensive side and and this year regular season and in this postseason right. so far they just have not been the same the same uh you know kind of defensive team we're used to seeing and i think that's you know a, a major difference we're seeing here with this with this lightning team compared to you know lightning teams of yeah. the past all right last uh last series over in the east we got the metropolitan the two-seeded new jersey devils uh going up against the number three seeded new york rangers currently tied two to two in this series no team has won on their home ice so far. Uh, we'll so see. The series if, hasn't officially started. Then. Right. Yeah. We'll see what, uh, you know, what game five brings us. And you know, going back to, you know, just down the way, you know, to, to New Jersey. Um, yeah. I don't really know what to make of this, of this series, just because, you know, games one and two, it looked like the Devils, they, they were just going to lay down and die. Uh, five, one and both. Five, of them. Yeah. Both of them. And then. You know, game three and four, they they found some life. They got a win in overtime, and you know, won a won a game four by the score of three to one. So yeah, this this one has definitely been a tale of you know two series, if you will, already in the first four games. Um, you know, for me, the the difference I think in in between those games, and and hopefully a trend that you know will not continue if the Rangers want to want to win this series. Games one and two, they only had nine giveaways. Games three and four, they gave it away 34 times wow. combined. You know, that, that's basically giving up the puck in your own zone, basically, yeah. right, almost right in front of your goalie. So mm-hmm. 34 opportunities, you know, for your that you're, you know, putting your goalie at, at risk of, you know, a goal being scored doesn't usually lead to good, to good things. Yeah, so that, that definitely, you know, if there's one thing the Rangers somewhat need to clean up going forward to, you know, continue to win this, this, these games and win the series. They got to take care of the the puck in their own, you know, on their own half of the ice. So, Matt, what do you what do you think about this? Yeah, you know, I don't know what to make of this series. Like you said, New York came out fire and won those first mm-hmm. two games five one, and then just kind of came back down to earth mm-hmm. and, and and haven't really been the same since those next two games. But it's also really odd that neither of them won at home. They're, right, they're yeah. both winning on the road, mm-hmm. and it's not like it's a it's a big travel for either of right, New York yeah. to New Jersey, right, right. probably a couple hours down the down the way. Right. So. You know, I, I I I don't know what to make of it. Mm-hmm, it's, mm-hmm. it's it's just so odd. Neither home team winning. Right. I I think the first team that can 
hold serve on right. their home ice is probably going to be the one to pull this right. thing right. off. Yeah, exactly. And then it's strange because this was a Rangers team that last year in the postseason, I believe they had only, they had up until I think like the Eastern Conference Finals against the Lightning, they hadn't lost a game on their home ice. So yeah. just a very different script from what we you know saw mm-hmm. from this Rangers team last year. Um, so yeah, I think yeah, it'd be the first one, obviously, to I think win win on their home ice, maybe mm-hmm. the deciding you know deciding factor in this one. So we'll uh, we'll see what what's happening. Uh, game game five is actually going on right now. Um, I'm not sure what what the score is, but uh, they're 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 playing um, right now. So we'll, we'll we'll check in. We'll keep you updated once we get get the score. But moving over then to the uh, the Western Conference, uh, we got the number one seeded Pacific team in the Vegas Golden Knights um, taking on the, the two-seeded wild card in the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, the Knights are up 3-1 to one in this series, game five tonight um, in Las Vegas. You know, the Vegas Golden Knights, they can close it out if they get the, get the win tonight. Um, it's been, yeah, been, been somewhat of the Golden Knights. You know, obviously game one was a shocker. Jets came out, won game one by a score of 5-1. to one. Mm-hmm. Uh, You thought, oh, man. It's gonna be gonna be interesting, and right. then from there, it's been a, been all Golden Knights. Uh, game three, I think, probably was a was a really demoralizing one for the for the Jets. Um, the the Knights, you know, won it in double overtime by a score of five to four. Uh, so I think that just a very deflating defeat for for the Jets. Uh, you know, losing in double overtime, but I, I think the Golden Knights have been the better team in this series, more consistent team. I, I think that, that the Golden Knights get it done tonight. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, consistency has been the, definitely the key in this series. Vegas averaged almost four goals a game in this thing, and mm-hmm. you know, other other than that game one, they, they've been the superior team. Mm-hmm. I, I think clearly they're going to take this thing, and we'll, we'll give you the quick update on the New Jersey Rangers game right yeah. now in the first period. New Jersey's up one nothing. Yeah, so getting it done on home ice. We'll yeah. see if they can keep it keep it going the rest of the game. Well, uh, next series in the in the West. Uh, wow, what a what a shocker we got here! The the Central number one seed Colorado Avalanche, the defending Stanley Cup champs, taking on that first seeded Seattle Kraken, and the Kraken lead the series three to two after a victory last night by the score of three to two. Uh, game six tomorrow night, ten p.m. Eastern time. Matt, are the Avalanche sunk, or, or are they going to find a way to, to to claw their way back here? Well, you know, I, I think we're getting kind of what we expected out of this series. We mm-hmm. thought the Kraken would be that kind of pesky team mm-hmm. that's, that's going to give you everything they got. Right. But man, going up three to two, that's giving them and a going whole back to different, Seattle. Yeah, going back to Seattle, a whole different life here on right. this thing. And you know, what's really surprised me is their ability to win the close one. They, mm-hmm. The last two games, they won by a goal, a score of three to two. So mm-hmm. one goal game, and yep. they've been able to pull them out. Right. That's huge. Having two games to, to get one to mm-hmm. advance. Yeah. I kind of like Seattle's chances. I think the defending cup champions may be going, going home early. early. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have to agree with you because even if, even in the games of the Kraken have lost, they've been right there. Mm-hmm. I mean, game two, they lost three to two, a one score game. I mean, they got, if you will, blown out in game three. They lost by a score of six to four. Mm-hmm. But again, within a couple of goals there, all the other ones, again, have been kind of one one goal games. And, you know, for a team that, you know, it, it, a team that's probably far less in the talent wise, far less superior to, you know, to the Colorado Avalanche. Mm-hmm. You keep giving these teams chances. Yeah. If they'll think they have a chance, that only spells more and more right. doom the deeper and deeper this series goes. I think the Avalanche are in real, real trouble here, you know, going back to Seattle. 
game six with the crack and leading. I, I have to agree with you, man. I think the, the, the Stanley Cup champs, you know, defending Stanley Cup champs, I think they're going going home early and the Kraken continue their their miraculous run here in their in only their second season in, you know, the major in in, in hockey. So uh kind of cool to see the Kraken taking on Las Vegas to, yeah. to go to the Stanley Cup right. championship. Yeah, yeah. yeah and that would be yeah, a, a, a Western Conference finals for for the ages, you yeah. know, two two of the recent expansion teams in the NHL. Uh yeah, it would be wild to wild to see that. So um <clears throat> well moving over then to another series that's been you know scoring scoring overtime overtime that's the two-seeded pacific team in the edmonton oilers taking on that uh pacific number three-seeded los angeles kings uh the oilers currently lead the series three to two uh they play saturday game six um man this series has been competitive hockey uh you know Three of the of the five games have gone to overtime so far, um, and and both teams have been right there. I mean, yeah. this this has been a, a real competitive series, like I think we thought we were going to get. Right. Um, you know, obviously game went, game six, said, same series went the distance last year. Right, so. right. Going, you know, game six now going back to Los Angeles. Uh, you think the the Kings have a chance to force a game seven, or you know, you think uh, Edmonton pulls it pulls it out and, and moves on. <clears throat> You know, I, I think Edmonton showed something in that last game. Mm-hmm. They they really showed their superiority and their grit, winning six to three. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that they're going to take a little little bit out of the sails of LA, mm-hmm. even though they're going home. I think they're going to have in the back of their head, we just lost a three goal game mm-hmm. to a team that most people think is superior. Right, I right. Think that you get that doubt start creeping in. Mm-hmm. I think Edmonton's going to going to win a close one in this mm-hmm. in this game in LA, but. They're gonna they're gonna take move the win on. and move on. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, for me, it's it's yeah, it's it's one of those things that the Oilers have definitely fought in this series, and and the Kings have just come up short. And just you know, just when you think the Kings have the momentum, the the Oilers come back and you know show their show their dominance or show why they were one of the better better teams in kind of the second half of of the season. Uh, and I just think too many opportunity. I mean, the, it just is too many shots, too many opportunities for the Oilers. Right. I mean, it just takes a toll on you physically on your defensive side of, you know, side of it when you got three different guys for for the Oilers that you have to watch and pay attention to and, you know, prevent from scoring. It just it, it takes a special kind of team and and takes a lot of stamina to get up game in and game out to right. to be prepared, you know, mentally and physically for for that kind of series. I just I just don't know that the Kings have that much left in them. I, I think the Oilers, you know, just again, too many opportunities, too much offense. I, I think they get it done in game six and close, close this one out. Yeah. All right. Moving over to another, another series. That's currently three to two. That's the uh, number two seated central team in the Dallas stars going up against the number three seated central team in the Minnesota wild. Uh, like I said, stars lead it three to two, um, you know, games going back to back to Minnesota here to, for the wild to kind of keep their, keep their playoff hopes alive. But uh, you know, this one to me, yeah, I did not, did not expect Um, obviously, you know, Dallas lost their, you know, one of their better players and Joe Pavlevsky in in the early going in this, you know, in this series. Uh, But they've had a guy by the, you know, by the name of Tyler Sagoon, who's, you know, stepped in and played phenomenal in in his absence. Um, I I just, yeah, I, I think the stars take it game six. They've, They've looked like the better team as of as of late. The Wild just, yeah, can't seem it. They lost their last game. The Wild did game five, four to nothing. Didn't even score a goal. Just 
it, it seems like it's trending in the wrong direction for the wild. Uh, you know, just have not been able to get, get the offense there. And, and this stars team looks like it's, it's playing better. <clears throat> yeah. You know, you, you kind of nailed it right on the head here. Dallas has, has, has looked like superior, even though it's a three, two series, right. Dallas has just looked like the better, mm-hmm. better team the whole series long. Right. I think it, it probably could have been shut out even earlier, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. you know, they, they let Minnesota take home a couple of wins. Right. Like you said, Dallas gets the job done here and, and, and moves on. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, the, the, the goalie and with the stars and, and Jake Ottinger has also been pretty, pretty phenomenal in the, in the goal for, for Dallas, uh, game one alone and it was it was in a loss but had 45 saves wow. uh almost a 94 percent save percentage obviously like i said came out came out came out in a loss um you know in in double overtime i mean yeah anything is possible obviously in, in overtime so probably can't fault the goalie too much for you know 45 saves i mean you're bound to give up a couple in there. So uh, I think it was actually 45 saves on 48 shot attempts. So yeah. pretty, pretty darn impressive and, and has been kind of a staple for him in the, in the goal uh, going forward. We'll see what he can do in, in game six. All right. Well, that's enough uh, NHL playoff talk moving over to the NBA uh, real quick before we get into the kind of the playoff talk there. Uh, the Toronto Raptors looking for a new, uh, a new head coach. That's right, folks. Fired uh, former head coach Nick Nurse after after five seasons with the team. Um, this comes after the season. You know, the Raptors finished 41-41 and 41 in the regular season, um, but lost to the Bulls in the 9-10 game in the Eastern Conference play-in tournament, in which they blew a 19-point third-quarter lead in that in that game as well. Um, you know, it's it's been kind of a tale of, you know, two, uh, you know, two halves of, of Nick Nurse's kind of career early on, you know, had great success there in, in Toronto, obviously may be contributed to a lot of, you know, Kawhi Leonard being there in, in Toronto. Um, but, you know, if you look at the numbers from 2018 to 2020, and then you look from 2020 to 2023, the win, win percentage uh, goes from 72% down to 49%. Mm-hmm. Uh go from playoff wins in that first kind of three-year span. Nick Nurse, the Raptors, had 23 playoff wins. The last kind of two, three years of his of his career, they only have two playoff wins. Uh, just a very, you know, two tails, you know, of, of his coaching career. And I think a lot of that has to do, obviously, early on had, you know, some of those star players, Kyle Lowry, DeMar DeRozan, uh, you know, uh, Kawhi Leonard, and then you know all those guys somewhat left, went to different teams. Uh, you know, well, just... and you know that's that's why I feel like he's kind of getting a raw deal here mm-hmm. because the the franchise hasn't invested in their superstars right. to keep them around. Yeah, you know, you let all these guys walk, and your your superstar now is Fred Van Vliet. Right. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Exactly. That's 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 not a superstar in the NBA that's mm-hmm. going to win you a championship. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a good ball player. He he was good on that championship team as a guy off the bench. Right. But right. That, that shouldn't be your star. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you, you know, I I think he's kind of getting a raw deal. You right. give you give him a little bit of talent to work, and he can go a long way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If, if he could find himself in in like an L.A. Clippers or even right. the Lakers with that kind of talent. Right. I think he could do a lot. I think he's a great coach. I think he knows how to coach talent and, mm-hmm. and get them to play together. Yeah. I think he's kind of getting a raw deal here. Yeah. And the, I mean, this is a guy that obviously, you know, led the Raptors to their first NBA title in franchise history back in 2019. Again, a lot to do with, you know, the Kawhi Leonard coming to Toronto to play, uh, had a phenomenal season that, that year. 
Um, and then this guy, you know, followed it up the following year had a, had, you know, one NBA coach of the year in 2020. Mm -hmm. So, you know, wins, wins the NBA title 2019. And then, you know, as the NBA, you know, coach of the year in 2020, just, you know, a real steep decline, I think, you know, over the last couple of seasons, um, you know, and just, yeah, it, it will be interesting to see where the franchise goes from here, um, you know, from, from here on out, um, uh, being told that, you know, um, I'm Udoka, you know, the former Boston Celtics coach was the leading candidate, but, um, you know, as people may or may not know, he actually took the Houston Rockets job. Right. So he's off the market. Uh, so I don't know, uh, who, who all the Raptors are going to target now or who they're going to, you know, try to go after. Um, but it will be, will be interesting to see just because this Raptors team has a lot of key decisions to be made about the roster. Um, you know, you got a, a guy you mentioned in Fred Van Fleet. He's actually a free agent this upcoming mm -hmm. season. Um, their center in, in Jakob Portal is also a free agent. Gary Trent Jr. is also a free agent. Um, and they're kind of one of more of their star players. Pascal Siakam um, is also, you know, I think maybe on last year of his deal. Mm -hmm. Are they going to, you know, sign him to a big deal? You know, they, they got a lot of big decisions yeah. with a lot of their key players and, they don't even have a guy that's leading the, you know, leading the charge here right. with with a head coach. That's usually the one that's that's you know making those decisions or kind of deciding who he wants to keep around or who he thinks fits kind of into their into their system. So yeah, kind of a a very tough time you know right now uh, for the Raptors. Kind of a, a a bad you know start to the off season, but uh, yeah, we'll it kind of kind of makes you wonder if they thought Adoko was locked up and mm -hmm. then. They, they let them go and now they're right. second guessing themselves. Right, right. I don't know what's better out there mm -hmm, to bring in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So it will be interesting for the Raptors. Like I said, uh, yeah, former, you know, just a handful of years, you know, NBA champs and, you know, getting rid of their coach in, in just a, you know, short couple of seasons. So we'll see what the Raptors decide to do. Well, I don't know. Not, not a lot of, not a lot of names out there, you know, left, but we'll, we'll see. I mean, there still could be some shakeups with other teams. So, who knows what what the Raptors will do, but you know need to probably get somebody in the in the role pretty quickly to you know start making some decisions on some of these you know free agents. So, all right, well, like I mentioned, going to talk a little bit of NBA playoff news. Um, still, still first round, you know, a couple first round series closed out, a couple of them still still going on. Uh, we'll start over in the East. Whoo wee! What a shocker! Get it kicked off here. Uh, the number one seeded, not only number one seeded in the East, but the best team in going basketball home. going home. Uh, going to be watching watching the playoffs from the same spot that I'll be watching the playoffs, and that's the <laughs> couch. The couch yeah. uh, probably a little bit more expensive couch, but, you know, that's, that's uh, you know, hearsay. Or, you know, that's not important at this point. But like I said, the Milwaukee Bucks get get almost swept in the first-round series, only win one game uh, to the, you know, lose to the, Eight seeded Miami Heat by a score of four to one in that series. Uh, Matt, what's your what's your thoughts on this one? Well, I, I will say a big part of the series going south was Giannis Antetokounmpo's mm -hmm. getting in, mm -hmm. injured. You know that that really kind of slowed Milwaukee down. But mm -hmm. you know, also you got to look at Jimmy Butler in this series. <sighs> wow. He's averaging almost ten more points per game than he did in the regular season. Mm -hmm. uh, I think like 30, 34, 35 points a game mm -hmm. in those twenty five. In a regular season, yeah. So, uh, he's, 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 he's,
people have been talking about because, you know, before we, you know, when we were somewhat previewing the NBA, you know, playoffs to, to start this thing off, people saw this coming. They, mm-hmm. they saw, you know, this heat team could be dangerous that right. nobody wanted to see them in their, you know, in their first round series. Mm-hmm. Then they go out and lay an egg against the Atlanta Hawks. And you think, ah, pff, no, no worries here. Right. And they flip the switch in this series against the bucks. Um, I don't know if it just, yeah, they played down to their talent, mm-hmm. you know, against the Hawks and just were able to play up to their competition against the Bucks. knew what they needed to do, and they they executed to, to a T on that one. And, yeah, no more clutch player, better player so far through the first round than, than Jimmy Butler. He's carried this Heat team. Going to have to probably continue to do that if they want to keep, keep mm-hmm. this playoff run alive. Uh, but, yeah, just a major disappointment for this Bucks team that, that obviously had – a lot more on the radar than than a first round exit, right. um, you know, and and yeah, unfortunately another another bad, you know, not not a good look for you know Giannis, and you know, obviously not what he wanted wanted to do this season as well. Um, yeah, just kind of a, a major disappointment for for the Bucks and not what they had, you know, in their in their storybook here. So um, then moving over to a series that's that's still going on, a, a team that's kind of playing with their food here, and that's that's the Boston Celtics, the two seeded, um, you know, over in the East, taking on the number seven seeded Atlanta Hawks. Uh, you know, Trey Young willed his team to victory in Game Five against the Celtics. Uh, you know, hit a big big shot, you know, at the end of Game Five uh, to keep keep the Hawks alive in this one. And and Game Six is going back to Atlanta. Uh, Matt, any any chances that the Hawks can force Game Seven, or, or are we you know talking to it, it's over uh, after they they actually played tonight at at eight thirty? So any any chance the Hawks have, or is this all Celtics from here? I, I think it's all Celtics from here. I, I think that was kind of the, the wake up call they mm-hmm. needed to, mm-hmm. to say, you know what, let's quit playing, let's quit playing with our food, and let's right. let's let's finish this off. Mm-hmm. So you know. Because, like I said, Boston, this whole series, they, they've been in control every game they've played, mm-hmm, and then they mm-hmm. kind of put it on cruise control a couple times. Right, right. They let Atlanta back in and mm-hmm. gave them some life, and they, yeah. they were able to pull off a couple wins. But right. if Boston plays 100% mm-hmm. all game long, yeah. Atlanta doesn't stand a chance. Yeah, I think that's maybe a little bit of a cause for concern if I'm a mm-hmm. Celtics fan or, you know, the Celtics in general, just because obviously this Atlanta Hawks team is is – far less superior talent wise and on paper than, than the Celtics Just put them away. Just put them away. You, you're not going to be able to do that against these better teams in the East, right. you know, next, you know, next round, if they win, they'll be matching up against, uh, you know, the, the, uh, the 76ers yeah. can't and do that there. Can't do that there. That that's a better, you know, better team in the 76ers. So you're going to have to be able to play consistent basketball for all, you know, all the minutes throughout the game. You can't just, you know, up oh, we're gonna play for the first half, and then eh, we'll, we'll decide whether or not we want to play in the second half. You got to play all all minutes in that one to you know give yourself a shot. So I think that the Celtics get it done in Game Six tonight. Uh, you know, win win that series. Um, but you know, who knows? Again, you force a Game Seven, anything anything is possible. Obviously, going back to Boston, you know, it, it obviously advantage more of, of Boston being there at their home their home court. But you know. Atlanta Hawks, you know, could could claw their way back into this one, but right. we shall see. And uh, you know, I'd be remiss to say the the uh, Panthers are officially on the clock, seven minutes to go to make their first pick of the NFL draft. Tonight. Okay, yeah, all right, awesome. Um, continuing on with the East, um, you know, a, a series that was wrapped up rather rather quickly. Uh, the number three seeded Philadelphia 76ers sweeping the Nets four games to nothing. Uh, the number six seeded Brooklyn Nets. 
not a whole lot to talk about in this series. Maybe going forward for the 76ers, the concerns injury-wise for Joel Embiid. Uh, did not play in game four, um, dealing with a an LCL injury from mm. what I'm being told. Um, They'll need him against Boston. And, and sure. what I'm being told, or you know, from what I've read, he's maybe 50% to even play in round two, which is not good if you're a 76er. He, for the 76ers to have any chance, he's got to play. Mm -hmm. And in some way, shape, or form, he's got to be out there uh, because he was a huge factor in games one through three for this 76ers team, a big guy that the Nets just really didn't have an answer for, right. just couldn't guard him. Uh, you know, 76ers obviously found a way to win without him in game four, but again, the Celtics are a whole totally different team mm -hmm. than the than the Nets are. They they've got to have him beat out there in, in some way, shape, or form. And, and I mean, really, that's the only spot that the Celtics I feel like couldn't really match up with mm -hmm, Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. The size of Embiid, they right. don't they don't really have a big like that yeah, that right. could match up well there. Right. So if they don't have that matchup disadvantage, I think Boston could cruise in that mm -hmm. series as well. Yeah, yeah, and obviously another early playoff exit for a 76ers team that it just seems like every year they Something. get to the playoffs and Embiid finds a way to find some new injury. And, yeah. and, you know, your heart just goes out to the guy because it's like, yeah, it seems like he just gets here to the playoffs and something happens. Mm -hmm. uh, and they always fall short of where they, where they want to be. So we'll see, see what happens. Hopefully he can play. I think uh, for them to have a chance, he he's got to suit up. Um, then moving over to the, uh, Kind of one of the series in the in the East, uh, hometown Cleveland Cavaliers look yeah. dismal in this first round first round series. LeBron's just sitting back smiling, <laughs> right? Yeah, the four <laughs> the four seated Cleveland Cavaliers, uh, you know, took on the the fifth seated New York Knicks in a, in the first round, a series that I thought would be a lot more competitive mm -hmm. than it was. But the Knicks, man, they look darn good in this series. Every win you they know, had was by almost double. I think their closest was nine. Everything else was double digits. Um, they, they won a series four to one in this one. I mean, outside of game two, the Cavs looked lost in, in every game here. A, a, a team that had the clear size advantage, they got destroyed on that on the rebounds. I mean, yeah. absolutely demolished. This Knicks team, I mean, they – they had so many second chance opportunities, so many offensive rebounds. I don't know. They just look like the they just look like the team that wanted it more mm -hmm. in this in this series. The Cavs just had no no answer. Um, you know, it, but kudos to the Knicks. Their defense was on you know was on was on top of their game. I mean, game three they limited the Cavs to seventy nine total points. I mean, that's almost unheard of in an NBA game that's anymore. Um, but yeah, the, the Cavs never scored above a hundred in any of the games. In any any of the games in the series, never scored above a hundred. And they've points. been an offensive juggernaut right. this season, right? Yeah, with Donovan Mitchell, you know they they kind I mean, of held Mitchell it. scored seventy alone in one game, right? Yeah, they they <laughs> you know held him in check in this series, uh, and you know they did did a great job. Uh, so hats off to the Knicks; they get their first win, move on to the second round for the first time in ten years. Mm -hmm. um, but you know they're they're going to match up with the. Uh, with the Miami heat in the next, in the next round. Um, you know, I, I had some stuff written about, about that series, Matt. I don't know if you, if you had anything about, you know, the heat or the, the Knicks in the next round, I got a couple of things written down or right. whatever. So, um, currently, uh, Vegas likes the Knicks to win in seven games. It's currently plus three forty right now. So they think it's going to be a pretty competitive series, uh, but ultimately like the Knicks to, 
to get it done. Uh, the Knicks were three and one in the regular season uh, in this one. Uh, a big storyline for the Knicks going forward. Again, we talk about uh, talk about health. Julius Randle in that last game, game five, did re-injure that ankle of his, and it was I think early on in the second quarter, um, and did not you know didn't come back, didn't return. That'll be something to monitor. But ironically, in the series, the Knicks played better Without when him. he wasn't on the floor. Yeah. Uh, offensively, they were much better when he was off the floor than when he was on the floor. I think. I just don't think that that ankle is still a hundred percent, and and I don't think he's he's a guy that has to be somewhat close to a hundred percent to really make a make a contribution. Just because he is a big man, but he moves pretty well for right. a big man, so he's got to have you know both his feet obviously yeah. have to be you know in in unison and 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 working properly for him to really be be a threat. Um, and so that'll be something to monitor. You know, going forward, what 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 kind of factor is he going to play into this mm. series? Um, you know, it's again. Can you stop Jimmy Butler? I mean, right. the guy has been nothing short of spectacular, or you know, perfect in the, in the first round. But you know, they've they've got a good guy to put on him in Brunson. Mm-hmm. I think that Brunson Butler yeah. matchup could be just be a phenomenal matchup mm-hmm. between the two. Absolutely, those those two. When it comes to clutch, you know, clutch buckets, clutch, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, these two teams going at it, you know, in in the clutch. Um, you know, definitely. The Knicks in the first round against the Cavs, almost perfect in the in the clutch situations. Jimmy Butler, uh, you know, by himself. So clutch. Uh, I don't know if you want to take a pause, but the, the first pick is in. The commissioner's up at the uh, the podium here. All right. So I don't know if we want to listen to it or. Yeah. Yep. There it is, there Bryce is. Young, quarterback out of Alabama, taken by the Panthers, number, number one. one overall. All right. Well, All right. moving on. One one for one, baby. <laughs> uh, but. Yeah, so you know, the I don't know. This series is gonna be gonna be interesting. Um, you know, I do think it goes seven games, but ultimately, I think the Knicks they keep on going, yeah. keep keep Stephen A. happy, um, <laughs> and and uh, you know, move on to the to the Eastern Conference Finals. But you know, if, if you told me the Heat were to win it, I wouldn't be you know wouldn't be surprised either right. because it, you know after their first round you know game you know first round matchup against the Bucks and how well they played. You know, if they can continue that momentum mm-hmm. going forward, it, you know, wouldn't surprise me if the Heat were, rep, you know, were in the Eastern Conference Finals either. Yeah, so, absolutely. All right, moving over then to the to the Western Conference. Got the number one seeded Denver Nuggets. Took care of the Minnesota, you know, the eight seed Minnesota Timberwolves. Fairly easily. Yeah. Nuggets win the series four to one. Um, game four was the only game that the Nugget, that the uh, Timberwolves took in overtime. Um other than that, Nuggets pretty much in control yeah. this this entire so we all series. Thought it was going to happen, right? Yeah, moving on to the to the next round, still to be determined who they're you know uh, or no, they do know who their opponent's going to yeah. be. Um, but you know, not a whole lot of surprise here, mm-hmm. Matt. Any any thoughts on on this first round series? I mean, I, I, yeah, Timberwolves yeah. just had no answer for this yeah. team, and they really didn't play like they had an answer all season long. Mm-hmm. They were just on the fringe of getting into the playoffs. They, they fought their way in, but they knew they weren't going to have enough for the number one overall. So. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, then moving over to uh, number two seeded Memphis Grizzlies, looking at a, a steep hill to, to get back in it, um, taking on the number seven seeded Los Angeles Lakers. Lakers lead the series three to two. Uh, the Grizzlies, you know, took game five last night to stay, stay alive, but, Series going back to LA in Game Six. Uh, you think the Lakers close it out, or are we looking at a Game Seven here? You know, I, I think Memphis's youth could mm-hmm. can force a Game Seven, yeah. and, and then anything can happen there. It's, it's been kind of this Lakers team's just kind of a 
Get up Enigma, yeah, mm-hmm. they're, they're great. They're awful. They're great. You, you don't know what to make from them. You right. know, LeBron will play a really good game, then he'll have 12 turnovers mm-hmm. the next one. Right, you know, right. It's, I, I don't know. It just depends on what Laker team shows up. Mm-hmm. And, and that, that's kind of the Achilles heel right. and why I don't think they're a real contender here because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I think they get against a, a superior team. Mm-hmm. and That plays more consistent. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and even in that game five, I mean, the Grizzlies rushed out to, I think, almost a 20 or 25-point lead mm-hmm. early on. The Lakers clawed their way back right before halftime, almost was almost tied at halftime. And then, you know, you talk about the inconsistency, the Lakers. Next thing I know, I'm checking the score, and they're back down by 20 again. <laughs> and I'm like, well, what the heck happened, you right. know? And, and yeah, just you thought it was going to be a more competitive game in game five at, you know, various points, but. The Grizzlies found a way, you know, on home, you know, their home court to, to get it done, keep themselves alive. Uh, it will be interesting, you know, game six, you know, what they can do. Obviously, they uh, they lost both games in L.A. the last, you know, mm-hmm. the last time. Um, we'll see if they can, you know, be better on the road in, in game six. I mean, their their playoff lives depend on it at this point. Um, it's, it's win or go home. So, you know, I, I don't know. I, I think the Lakers, you know, sometimes, you know, it, it – They've looked like the better team at, at times, but you know the Grizzlies have shown flashes. So we'll see what what they can do. But I I, I think ultimately I think the Lakers you know knock off the Grizzlies and yeah. move move on to the next round. I agree. Um, all right, moving over to um, a series that's also three to two. Um, number three seeded Sacramento Kings currently down three to two to the number six seed Golden State Warriors. Um, you know, as well as the Kings played in games one and two, it's been all Warriors, you know, I mean, it's been competitive. I can't say the Kings have just laid down, but games three, three, four, and five have all been taken by the Warriors. You know, to to me, this was a classic case of poking the bear, Mm -hmm. you know, they they were kind of trying to kick Golden State while they were down after those first two. Right. Draymond gets gets suspended. Gets his, yeah, yeah. You know, they're all talking like it's it's, it's all over. over. This and, is over. Yeah. And the champion said, not, not so, so fast, fast my yeah. friends. You <laughs> right, know, they, right. they, they they poked one too many times and they, they decided to start playing like mm-hmm. their championship selves. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, I, I think that may spell some doom here for Sacramento. Right. Obviously going back to Golden State just down the road for, for Sacramento. But, uh, you know, that, that home crowd for the Warriors is always, you know, always r- loud and rowdy. Uh, that game six is tomorrow night, eight o'clock PM Eastern time. Um, you know, I, I, unfortunately for the Kings, I, I think that game four was pretty deflating for them. They, they mm-hmm. lost a, a, you know, a close game that I, I think, you know, they felt like they had in control and were in control. A lot of that game, uh, you know, thought they were going to steal one on the road against right. the, you know, the defending champs, you know, the, the Warriors found a way to get it done, you know, and I just think that was deflating. And then the news that, uh, you know, De'Aaron Fox is dealing with a broken finger on top mm-hmm. of that. Yeah, I've, you know, from what I've heard is that, yeah, the guy can barely even dribble the ball without it, you know, being in somewhat pain or yeah, whatever. So it, the guy's been – the shooter's touch for sure. Yeah, been, been the clutch, you know, not only – you know, stat wise, but won the NBA clutch player of the year award um, and has been phenomenal for this Kings team and been a staple for them. If he's not a hundred percent, can't shoot, you know, can't really contribute in the way that he's, you know, usually used to contributing. Uh, I think this team that, you know, unfortunately for the Kings phenomenal run to the playoffs, but I think it's going to, you know, fall short of maybe mm-hmm. what they, what they wanted to do. I think golden state advances game six. They, they get another win here. Uh, and, and move on to the next round. Yeah. 
then the last last series, uh, the number four seeded Phoenix Suns took out the Los Angeles Clippers by a score of four to one. Um, you know, outside of game one, the Clippers really never yep. showed. Second picks in, C.J. Stroud, Ohio State to the Houston Texans. All right, off the board, <laughs> two for two, baby. Um, but, yeah, this this Clippers team outside of game one never really, you know, never really materialized or never really – they were never much competitive outside of that. And you want to talk about a team decimated by injuries. Uh, they were already without Paul George in this series. Mm-hmm. And then Kawhi Leonard goes down with it with a knee injury. Yeah. There was no hope for this Clippers team without those two guys. I mean, it, it's a tall task to replace your two best players in a playoff series against the Phoenix Suns team that you know has Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. Yeah, uh, you know this is just an ultimate ca- another case for the Clippers of what could have been. Mm-hmm. I mean, just their stars getting hurt before this thing even starts yep. and. I, I don't know. The, the Clippers have really got got to feel deflated because mm. they they built a team that they thought could be a championship contender. Right. It seems like every year they run into an injury problem mm-hmm. or, or something that just yeah. derails them. Right. So, yeah. You know, I, I don't know if they need to shut this thing down and, and start over, or right, right. If, if they just need to get a better trainer or something. <laughs> right, yeah. I, I don't know. Right. Right. Yeah. It's it's always that that cat and mouse game of you know how much do you play your guys in the play you know in the regular season to make the playoffs. So that they can be healthy for the playoffs and be there when you need them the most, it, it's always yeah that balancing act that it's always you know going to come in question. Uh, so as a result, you know the the Suns move on. They're going to face the number one seeded Denver Nuggets in the in the second round. Uh, interesting enough, these two teams tied two to two in the regular mm-hmm. in the regular season. Uh, Vegas currently likes the Suns to win in six games, uh, plus three ten on that on that one. Uh, game one going to happen on Saturday, you know, going to get kicked off on Saturday. So first of, you know, kind of the, the second round series to kind of get kicked off here for, for the NBA playoffs. Uh, this one's going to be going to be a battle. I think uh, ultimately, I think the Suns get it done in seven games in this mm-hmm. one, uh, but going to be a, a very interesting battle. Um, it will be interesting to see th- this, uh, the Suns team, they're not very, not very deep. Mm. Uh, they they like to play their starters and play them a lot. Um, if you look at all of Phoenix's different rotations, they almost always have two starters in every rotation at mm. all times. So heavy minutes with their starters, not a lot right. of depth on the bench. Could be, you know, could spell problems if they get into possible foul trouble or, you know, one of their stars goes down, you know, for a short amount of time. Will be interesting to see. I think you know from a depth perspective, I think the Denver Nuggets have the edge in that one. But as far as starting lineup goes, there's probably none better in the business right now than the Suns with that one-two so. punch and Kevin Durant and Devin right. Booker. Uh, these guys, whew, lights out. You you gotta you gotta guard them, uh, or they're and gonna. Then you got the, the veteran CP3 right, out there. Right, right the, absolutely. The, you know, it's it's just, it's, yeah. it's going to be yeah a tough definitely a tall task for for this Denver Nuggets team obviously the best team out in the West, um, but yeah I I like the Suns to get it done but I think it goes goes the distance in this one but ultimately I think the Suns Suns you know get it done and and knock off the number one over in over in the Western Conference. Yes, sir. All right, well that's all we got for tonight. Uh, kind of a longer episode, but a lot of topics to hit. So appreciate you sticking with us. Um, so thanks for listening to Fire It Up with your hosts, Colton Cow, Matt Cordes. We uh, hope you enjoyed our episode this week. And if you want to hear other topics for future episodes or, you know, you just got a burning sports question you want to hear us talk about on the show, 
feel free to reach out to us on our different social medias. You can find us on Instagram at fired up underscore podcast, or you can go over to Facebook and search for fired up comma sports podcast. And as always, you can head over to our website at www.firedup1.podbean.com where you can find all of our past episodes and, you know, just a little bit of information about, about the show. Um, and you can always, you know, find us on all the various podcast platforms as well. Find all of our past episodes and even this episode on Apple, Google, Spotify, Pandora. So anywhere where you, you know, can find a podcast, you can find our show. So appreciate y'all listening. And as always, stay, stay fired, fired up. up.